0: Differences, a conversation about exploring the collaborative space between individuals.
1: I'm Paul Tevis.
0: And I'm Karen Gimnig.
1: Each episode, we start with a question and we see where it takes us. This week's question is, what can we get done?
0: So if you're listening to this episode as it gets published, we'll be right between the Thanksgiving holiday and the winter holiday time. And it's a time that we're proposing, we might wanna give some thought to what makes sense to to expect, what makes sense to focus on, what makes sense to try to accomplish. And and I think we wanna talk about both this particular season where this happens for most everyone every year, but also what are other times that we might expect The unexpected, that we might expect it not to be just sort of business as usual, but that thinking about how to make use of what is rather than trying to pretend that all of those other distractions or absences or other focuses aren't happening. Mm
1: -hmm. I think there's a tendency, particularly in corporate America, uh, but in the corporate world generally, to think about uh, time as being uniform. Right, that every Tuesday is equivalent to every other Tuesday, that any given week is the same as any other week, um, and and that just isn't true, um, and that in fact ignoring the fact that there is sort of a seasonality and a cyclicality uh, to things can cause us a lot of problems because we we have expectations that can't be met, and honestly, that where it feels like we ought to know better. Um, I, I worked in an organization once where. Um, We joked that we had only a few productive periods of time because uh, starting about June 1st, uh, lots of people would be out of the office at at various non-overlapping times uh, for for summer holidays to go and enjoy the lovely upper Midwestern weather, uh, to uh, spend time with their families, uh, those who had children, their kids were out of school, so they were doing stuff with them, or just whatever it was. And so there was a, a period of time from about June 1st uh, to, uh, to the end of summer, to, uh, to Labor Day here in the United States, uh, where, you know, we would probably be operating with about 75% of the people who would normally be on the team. Uh, at any given time. And that just changed what we could do. Uh, and then we would have a period of time in the fall when we could really get stuff done. We could really focus, although we had a couple of avid hunters. So when deer season started, uh, we would we would lose a couple of folks as well. But by the time we got to Thanksgiving, uh, things would really kind of fall off uh, the, <laughs> again, where we couldn't really get much done um, because, again, vacation, people being out. The other thing that would happen around that time of year is that the they would announce the big corporate restructuring, the new plans and initiatives and strategies for the year uh, that would go into effect January 1st. So people would be kind of in this state of, oh, okay, that's coming. Like, what are we going to do? And then come the, the beginning of the year, it would take us six to week, weeks or so, maybe eight weeks to really get that working. So about March 1st would be ready to really get work done again. Uh, (laughs) until June 1st, when it all starts over again. So what was interesting, uh, I worked there for seven years and we saw this cycle happen every year. And what was weird was that people didn't expect that we wouldn't be as productive at the same types of things uh, in the middle of summer that we would be in the middle of April. And so I think that it's those expectations that can get out of whack. Um, And that when we have mismatches around those, that can can really cause problems for us. Because not every week is the same. Not every month is the same. Uh, And and there is some degree to which I think we can expect how they're going to be different and plan appropriately. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And I think that planning thing is really important. Um, And even in things as simple as setting meeting schedules. If you normally meet twice a month, I'm going to take it as a guess, you're not going to meet the second time in November or December. Um, in my teaching schedule, I, I have a, a program that I teach, you know, this much class every month, and I do it in months. And November, December is one month of program, because that's what's going to fit. You know? and, and I add a few extra little things in between to fill in. But basically, I, I just sort of acknowledge that's going to be a different time for me, and it's going to be a different time for people who are signing up for classes like it yes i'm doing it in part around what works for me in my schedule and my calendar but it's also just acknowledging i'm not going to get folks signing up to take classes in the middle of the holidays or if they do they won't show up for those classes um and and that's just one example and and a similar thing happens in the summer it actually doesn't make sense to run a full program in the summer for all the reasons you said and then I think we want to be thoughtful about what's unique to our communities, to our space. So your strategic planning example is you know, unique to that. Maybe not unique, but it's the thing that happens there and doesn't happen in every organization. Um, one of my clients is a community focused on Jewish life. So for them, the fall holidays are going to be a time that's probably more impactful than, than might be true of the Christian holidays that tend to be what a lot of the world works around. So they're going to have a rhythm around that that's going to be different than what I would necessarily expect. And, and just having that awareness of what likely what's likely to be good time. Um, marketing, depending on what you're doing. I mean, if you're marketing things that people buy as Christmas gifts, that's different. But if you're marketing, as many of my communities are houses for sale, probably it's going to be quiet in certain seasons and it's pretty reliably that way um and so if you can notice the patterns all of them for all of the many reasons but if you've got the cyclic pattern then you can start thinking about both what's the kind of stuff we don't want to do there what's the kind of stuff we do want to do there and also what does that tell us about what we need to make sure we get done in the more sort of productive times. I mean, you can put some deadlines in place, even if they're not real deadlines. If it's due at the end of the year, if we want to really be thoughtful about it, it maybe it's due on the 15th of November <laughs> in, in terms of the way we want to work with it. So I think that ability to look ahead and just be peaceful about it's it's going to be different. That so it doesn't mean it's bad. It doesn't mean we're lazy. It doesn't mean people are misbehaving. It just means that you know it, it is going to be different and the more that we can sort of settle into, yep, it's going to be different, the better we can make use of that difference.
1: The um, that that acknowledgement, right? The acceptance of it. This is what it is, right? And it's the struggling against it. I think that's really the where it gets us in trouble. Um, my brain always goes to Ecclesiastes when we think about this. That there is a, a time for every purpose, um, and. And I think what's useful to do is to think about, well, given that this is going to be a slightly different period of time for us, for whatever reason, our focus is going to be over here or a bunch of people are, are going to be gone or we're going to have these non-overlapping schedules. For me, that's uh, that's usually a lot of it because, you know, a lot of the work that I do has is in teams. And when, you know, a third of your team is or isn't there, it really changes what you're able to do. Um, I think there is a piece of just kind of recognizing that and going well what are things that we don't do as much of during other parts of the year that we could do now that might make more sense so oftentimes um in in those periods of year where the the team was not as intact where the team we could not make as much progress on things that really did require everybody uh, we would have a tendency to focus on things people could do on their own right or or in small groups that that were kind of temporary um so we actually did a lot of um in that particular organization in the november december time frames we were often doing a lot of learning and personal development um often in small ad hoc groups where it's a hey we've got the got all this stuff that we said we're gonna do in our development plans uh maybe we should do that before the end of the year and oh you know normally i don't work with uh with tim um and with michelle but uh, but they're around and the people I normally would are, aren't. So I could form a sort of small learning group with them and kind of focus on that and, and do more sort of independent or differently structured work, right? That was important, um, but that was a different kind of thing than we would do normally during the during the other times of year. And so that was a thing where we could figure out, well, we can't make as much progress on what we would normally do because we don't have the, the people, we don't have the... Um, or we've run out of budget, so we don't have access to these resources, sorts of things. But what can we do? And I think that's a really useful question to be asking, given this, what what is a productive use of our time?
0: Yeah. And, and I like the idea there of looking toward what are we otherwise neglecting? So I think of, you know, cleaning out email boxes or files or whatever, you know, like clearing clutter that mm-hmm. sort of accumulated. Like, look at that sort of um, the, the to-do list of what's been dropped off or not gotten to or the the housekeeping kinds of skills that, you know, what are the things that can kind of refresh us so that when, when we get back together all as a team, we're all sort of primed and ready. And some of that clutter that bogs us down has been cleared out. I think that that's often an individual task. It may not be, but it can be. Um it can be a really good time for those kinds of tasks of okay, it's quiet. I don't have a barrage of emails coming in. I, you know, don't have things I have to respond to right away because the people who would be sending me those requests or whatever aren't around. And so this can be a really good time to just sort of look at a reset and and you know, catching up, taking out the trash, so to speak, and 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 even establishing, you know, oh, we we wanted a new system for this thing. And while it's quiet, you know, I was asked to put that thing together. I can get that thing done. You know, what are those individual tasks that others aren't necessarily waiting on me for, but will sure like it when I have them done? That kind of thing, I think, fits really well into spaces like this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember uh, one year, uh, again, working at that same company where we're near the end of the year and it was and I just because of my particular schedule, I was taking very little time off at the end of the year. And so there were like six people in the office sort of thing. But we had we had a robotics lab. We were doing um, uh, all kinds of motion control stuff. And one of the other uh, employees there who I never really got a chance to work with, he and I went in and we reorganized the lab. Like we, It was a thing that needed to happen. He and I worked together for basically the first time while we were doing that. And it was actually really nice because we got to do something that was useful and of value. And so when everybody came back, like the lab was in much better shape and, and people were really excited about that and were able to make progress. But he and I were also able to work on a project together and build more of a relationship um, that than we were able to, to leverage. And that wouldn't have happened in normal times of year, um, where we're really focused on, on optimizing for the tasks that we kind of do all the time. Um, and so that was really nice. It was a it was a great little little moment um, that I look back on even, you know, 10 years later. Uh, as being really nice. And then I think the other piece that you're kind of talking to or alluding to at least a little bit, is that making time for reflection, right? That's often a thing that that we do in those, those sort of down moments is, and particularly when the calendar starts uh, becoming significant, when we get um, uh, we get to the ends of things. like there's these sort of natural built-in like, huh, well, what did we want to accomplish this year? Or you know, hey, what did we if we're in the middle of summer? What did we hope to accomplish in the first half of this year? Where are we? Like reflection um, in in individually or in small groups is something that can be really useful to have happen when there aren't other people around who we ordinarily would be doing things with.
0: And that, I think, is then just a small step from another thing I want to point out here, which is all those people who aren't there. If when you're in that category, I think it's really important to be not there. You like that rest piece that focus on life where it needs to be you know, for some people work, it's like, okay, I'm off the clock. I'm off the clock. I think it can be sometimes harder. Not everybody does that. I know, but I think it can be even harder sometimes to take time off of our volunteer kind of agreements. And of course my clients are mostly in that category. And so there's a sense of I'm taking time off of work. Can I also take time off of, um, the, the work that I'm doing in an organization that I care about and that matters to me. And, and I really want to encourage us to say even more so our volunteer things that having downtime, having real actual downtime that says, you know what, if something comes up, somebody else will handle it. And, and that doesn't mean that there can't be an emergency contact, but maybe don't read the email thread or the Slack or whatever for, you know, that period of time. I, I think it's, Healthy for organizations actually to function without even their key people, that to say, yep, that person's just not here. And we can manage. And I and I actually think that it's more dangerous for any organization to have someone who is truly indispensable. We simply can't function without them. Pretty dangerous space for an organization to be. And I think it helps balance relationships too, that. We kind of get in these ruts that certain people are doing the same things and, and holding, often there's power dynamics real resulting in, in the roles that people are holding. And when somebody steps away for a week or two or a month, depending, and isn't there, um, it makes space for other people to step in and, and take things on and do things. And, and it gives sort of a resetting potential and I think it's really important. So I just want to name that in addition to thinking about what are we doing when we're the one still present, also, let's think about what we're doing when we're the one who's absent. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, just to track kind of where we've been here today, we talked about the fact that in any organization, in any community, <laughs> in any human lives, right, there is going to be a, a, a cyclical nature to things, or or just a time that isn't necessarily cyclical, something that comes up, where our normal routine gets disrupted. And so we, we feel like we aren't necessarily able to do the things that we normally would be doing. And what we want to focus on uh, with this is just the idea that being aware of that, being attentive to that, and then making sure that we have appropriate expectations about what we can and can't really get done, given that situation, uh, is important. Like an acknowledgement and acceptance of it. Uh, we may not like it, but it is what it is, and not liking it doesn't change it necessarily. So first kind of acknowledging and accepting that, and then getting Really thoughtful about okay, given this is the situation. Often with a lot of people, you know, maybe not present. Um, what could we do? How could we make good use of this time, given uh, given what we have? And so we've talked about particularly uh, when we have uh, lots of people with uh, with overlapping or non-overlapping uh, times uh, together that we might do some more individual work that we might. Uh, focus on some learning or some reflection. We might pair up or group up with people who we don't normally work with uh, and and find ways to get things done with them or build relationships with them. We might focus on some sort of things that have accumulated, some housekeeping, some things that are going to make it uh, smoother when everybody gets back together. And also, really, if we're the one who's not there, uh, to let that happen. We sometimes get Pulled back in because we feel like people need to be able to make just as much progress on this work when I'm not there as they as when I am there. So I still need to be present even though I'm not there, and that in fact, if we can accept that things are going to be different when we're out of out of the uh, the space, out of the office, uh, out of that group, um, that actually can make room for people to find ways of of working that that are more sustainable, that allow them to step into the roles we normally inhabit. Uh, Maybe not as skillful as we are, but that's okay. Uh, And just kind of accepting that different times are different, and that working with them differently uh, helps us to actually uh, move forward in more effective ways.
0: I think that's going to do it for us today. Until next time, I'm Karen Gibney.
1: And I'm Paul Tevis, and this has been Employing Differences.